Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, God, we want that. We can try all kinds of stuff and not accomplish anything. But if we get more of Him, if we are focused less of us, more of Jesus, anything can happen. Anything can happen. So thankful to be back in the house of the Lord with everyone. And um, I tell you, I preached about rhythms today. And the choir decided to break out all kinds of rhythmic songs. As they, uh, just kind of flowed in it there, didn't we? Wonderful. I thank God. Aren't you thankful for a wonderful choir that, and the musicians that work hard, dedicated? It's a wonderful thing. It is a wonderful thing. And uh, I thank God for everything the Lord is doing. I'm hearing great reports from uh, Danellen and what God's doing in people's lives there, and I'm thankful for that. I'm hearing great reports from uh, the evangelists out of this church uh, and the people receiving the Holy Ghost all over the place and people being healed. And uh, it's wonderful to be a part of something that's going here, but also that's bigger than us. Aren't you thankful for that? And the kingdom of God is worldwide. We're a part of something greater. And it's wonderful. Um, I was out at the first. I'm not sure if anyone mentioned, but Brother Skinner and his wife is with us. I'm so thankful that they are with us if no one has mentioned that. We love Sister Skinner here. And uh, we're so thankful that she here is here and a part of us. Amen. Before you're seated, I'd like for you to turn to someone beside you and tell them the vision of Souls Harbor. In case that you didn't know it, turn to the other person and tell them to model the Book of Acts church. Just give you a few weeks around here and you're going to start knowing that. The vision of Souls Harbor is to model the Book of Acts church. You may be seated. We want to model the Book of Acts church in every way possible. And we have talked about in five ways in particular. We are oneness in our theology. We are apostolic in our doctrine. We are Pentecostal in our experience. We are holiness in our lifestyle. And we are Christ-like in our character. That is the vision of Souls Harbor. That's who we are. That's what we strive for. That's what we reach for. And uh, in order to uh, be a part of a Book of Acts church, I believe there has to be passion in it. I think if you were to cut the Book of Acts, it would bleed passion. Uh, there, there's a, a, an intensity that happens. People want to know why I'm so intense all the time. Well, I'm excited about what God's doing and I want to see more. I'm not satisfied. I'm reaching for more. I'm excited about what else God has for us. But tonight I'm going to, um, both probably preach and teach, um, not somewhat expository, uh, going through the book of Acts and we're going to be in the book of, uh, Acts chapter one. Uh, and we're going to be talking about preparation. And so I just want us to pray and ask God to speak to us because I want to be prepared for whatever He has for us. I want to be ready for it. Anybody else have that desire? All right, let's pray together. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I pray right now, God, that you anoint me, God, to speak your word. Let me speak with boldness. Let me speak with clarity. Lord Jesus, I pray for this wonderful congregation. Give them a heart to receive, ears to hear, eyes to see, God, a desire and a heart to respond. Help us, Lord Jesus, God, to draw closer to you. We want to see your glory. We want to see your power. We want to see your majesty. We're asking for these things. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen. The Bible is a book of preparation, and God is a God of preparation. Uh, if you were to go through uh, our uh, Bible study, most likely when we get to talking about creation, we talk about this process that we find at the very beginning, uh, that God prepares, and then He fills what He prepares. Uh, when you look at it, you have day one, two, and three, and these are all days of preparation. Day four, five, and six, God is filling those things. So day one, He said, let there be light. 
but it wasn't until day four that he gave the light its source, the sun, moon, and stars. Uh, on day two, he created uh, the, the waters and divided the waters from above and the waters beneath. If you look on day five, that is when he created the sea creatures to live in there. So he prepared it, then he filled it. On day three is when he made the dry land appear. And on day six is when he created the creeping things upon the earth and man itself. So the first three days in, in creation were days of preparation, of, of light, of the water, and of the earth. The next three days, God layers right on top of that and begins to fill the things that were prepared. And a lot of times we miss the things of God because we're not willing to go through the preparation process so we can get to the filling process. If we're not willing to be prepared, we will never be filled. God, all the way into the New Testament, you look, and God sent a forerunner. What was his job? To prepare the way before the coming of Christ. John the Baptist. He was the forerunner. The one that came to prepare the way. So God is a God of preparation. He is a God that doesn't wait and do things just on the spare of the moment, but God has intentions. He didn't die on the spare of the moment, but before the, the foundations of the world. He was the lamb slain because God looks at the end and prepares for it. He's a God of preparation. And so as we move through the book of Acts, I believe that Acts chapter 1 is a chapter of preparation for what God is going to do with his people and the New Testament church. Uh, these, these people that he was God and Jesus Christ, they were people that walked with him. They were people uh, that, that, uh, that left them at one point, but also they were people that came back and uh, many of them seen him ascend uh, up into heaven. And now there's 120 of them still left in the upper room. And so that's beginning with verse number one. And we're just going to kind of walk through this. Y'all ready to walk through this a little bit? Turn to, turn to someone and say, are you ready? Did they say yes? Good. Acts chapter one, verse one says, the former treaties have I made, O Theophilus, of all the things that Jesus began both to do and teach. Now, I believe this is very important. What he began to both do and teach. Jesus gave us example of both the doing and the teaching. And I believe it's important because there are people that just want to soak everything in and get all this knowledge but not do anything with what we have. God did not fill you with the Holy Ghost, give you the revelation of the mighty God in Christ... Help that you understand baptism in his name, the infilling of the Holy Ghost, and the importance of repentance for you to just sit there and not tell anybody. It is the will of God for us to follow the Lord's example and realize we need to both do and teach. Can I hear an amen? Uh, we find in James chapter 1 verse 22 says, but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving your own selves. When you are not a doer, you are only deceiving yourself. When you are not walking with God, when you are not following in the footsteps of God, it shows. Careful. Your character showing. Careful, your dedication is showing. It will show up. Your walk with God, if we do not become doers of the word, we are only deceiving ourselves. Matthew chapter 7, verse 21 through 25, it says, uh, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Then he began to talk about how people are going to say, we prophesied in your name. And in your name, we cast out devils. And in thy name, we did many wonderful works. And I will profess to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, if you hear it 
and you do something with it, I will liken him into the wise man that built his house on a rock and the rain descended, the floods came and the wind beat upon that house and it fell not for it was founded upon the rock. What is the rock? The rock is simply doing what God tells us to do. Doing it. Turn to someone and say, do it. If you're not going, if you're not willing to do it, you're not going to make it through the temptation that happens in the wilderness of your life. The trials of your faith and your identity in God. You're not going to make it through the mockery of the popular people around you. The rejection of your close friends and the humiliation of carrying your cross. The only way for you to make it is to be a doer of the word. Not just what you want to do, but simply whatever the word says to do. And this leads us into what I believe is that preparation process. Acts chapter 1 verse 2. Goes on to say, until the day in which he was taken, hath given commandments. Everybody say commandments. Unto the apostles whom he hath chosen, and whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days, and speaking of the things pertaining unto the kingdom of God, and being assembled together uh, with them, commanded. Everybody say commanded commanded them that they that they uh, should not depart from Jerusalem but wait for the promise of the father which saith he ye have heard of me for John truly baptized with water but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence uh, then um, when they came together they asked him saying Lord uh, when without when at what time will you restore again the kingdom of Israel? And he said to them it is not for you to know the time or the season say it's none of your business Go ahead and say that. Say it's none of your business. It's not for you to know the times and the season which the Father hath put in his own power, but ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses both uh, in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and in Samaria and into the uttermost parts of the earth. And when he had uh, spoken these things, while they beheld him, he was taken up in a cloud and received out of their sally towards heaven. As he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel angels uh these men in white apparel which say uh which also said ye men of galilee why stand ye here gazing what are you doing why are you just standing here gazing up into heaven uh the same jesus which is taken from you into heaven shall come again in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven but what you need to do is get to jerusalem and so they returned to jerusalem uh from the mount of olives which is from jerusalem a sabbath day's journey and so what we find here multiple times and this this uh uh, section that I just read is God is very clearly speaking to them and saying, what are you doing? And what you need to be doing is obeying my commandments. Now you start talking about obey. That's a weird word. Obey. And you start talking about obey and people get really nervous. But I'm here to tell you as a church this is not a democracy. I'm glad I'm an American. I'm glad the democracy we have in America. But the church is not a democracy. It's a theocracy. Which means God is the only one that makes the rules. And God is the only one that enforces the rules. It's not me. It's not you. It's God. But we don't want to talk about that. You start talking about obeying something. And boy, people start getting nervous. And people start sweating and stuff. Like, whoo. Talking about all that obey stuff. That's Old Testament stuff. Old Testament stuff is obey stuff. We're in the New Testament. Old Testament is where God put uh, Abraham in a position where he, he said, Take now thy son, thine only son, and offer him as a offering unto me. And, and, and once he went, the Bible says that he raised up his knife to take his own son's life. And an angel stopped him and the, let him know, The Lord now knows that you will withhold nothing from me. Now I know that you're going to withhold nothing 
from me. You won't even withhold your only son from me. It is in the Old Testament that we find Leviticus 26 and 3. If ye walk in my statutes and keep my commandments and do them. Then I will give you rain and, and, and due season and the land shall yield uh, her increase and the trees of the field shall yield her, their fruit. He said, now, if you hear what I'm saying and you obey me, if you listen to my commandments and see again, we say, see, that's the Old Testament, that all the commandment stuff where you're actually getting up and commanding things. That's Old Testament. We don't want Old Testament commandment stuff. But that's not just Old Testament stuff. We want to regulate that back there because now we operate in love. But that love operates under commandments. Look at what Jesus said in uh, John 14, 15. If ye love me, keep my commandments. Oh, well, I, I just love God and I just think he's great, but I don't want to obey what's in this word. I'm just going to kind of talk and teach and plow apparently a little bit. I got my suspenders on ready for some plowing. Hallelujah. He said, if you, you can't be walking around talking about your love for God and how wonderful the, uh, the love of God is if you're not willing to keep His commandments. And so the preparation for the things of God is us realizing, I've got to get under the, the spout where the glory comes out, and the spout where the glory comes out is under the commandments of God. It says it again in John 15 and 10. If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love. Even as I have kept my father's commandments and abided in his love. The love of God is wrapped up with us obeying and keeping his commandments. And so the New Testament church, the book of Acts starts out multiple times with them saying he commanded them to do this. And he commanded them to do that. And if we are going to see the supernatural power of God, we cannot get finicky whenever we hear though from the word of God this ye must do oh, I'm, I'm about to get like brother Godwin heard five amens and a couple of hand claps see th this is this is where the rubber meets the road see we want we want to talk about all the love and I, I, I'm just hitting a couple of little scriptures here but what God is looking for is obedience. If we are going to see the promise of the Father being poured out, if we're going to get to Jerusalem and, and watch the power of God and the New Testament church explode in power, first, the first thing he addresses multiple times is you've got to keep the commandments. And whenever they were stopped and they were looking at their last experience with God, they weren't doing anything wrong. We just read it. As he ascended up into heaven, they were just looking at their last experience. And two angels show up and say, what are you doing? Why are you standing here gazing? There was a commandment given to you. If those angels wouldn't have showed up, they may still be there looking. Boy, wasn't that a great time we had? Woo. How good God is. Ain't God good? Oh, God. And God's saying, I'm glad you enjoyed what I did for you last week. I'm glad you enjoyed when I filled you with the Holy Ghost 10 years ago. But you can't stay at your last experience when there's a commandment. It's time to go where God called you to go. And whether you like it or not, when God says go, you need to say, yes, sir, and move. Lord, in the name of Jesus, God, I pray right now, let an attitude get a hold of me and an attitude to get a hold of this church. God, that when your word comes forth, we don't pick and choose what we're going to obey and what goes. Oh, Lord Jesus, we, we flow with the voice of God. We flow in the word of God. Let that be a part of this church. 
in the name of the Lord Jesus. Preparation is obedience. Obedience to the word of God. Obedience to the ways of God. Obedience to the man of God. Obedience to the things that God has put in your life. Our attitude is that we are going to get where we follow the will of God. The second thing that I see that is in preparation is faithfulness. Going on, we stopped in Acts chapter 1 verse 12. Let's start now at verse 13. And when they were come in, they went up into an upper room and abode there both Peter and James and John and Andrew and goes through all of the disciples in verse 14. And these all continued. They continued. They continued in prayer and supplication. The women, Mary, the mother of Jesus and his brethren, but they were all there. And what made it wonderful is they did not show up on day one and say, well, we're here. It's time to move on. But in order for us to be prepared for what God has for us, we need to have this attitude. These all continued with one accord in prayer. We're talking this week about praying for 24 hours. We don't need to say, well, I did that last month. Well, last month, you know what? We had some pretty amazing miracles that God did. Uh, But I'm not satisfied. Are you? Uh, I I don't think we've reached the end of the glory of God. Uh, Have you? Uh, you? Are you just ready to sit there and just get go on our way or is there something inside of us that says if we will continue what God has started our lives can be changed forever it's the continuation it's faithfulness 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 Peter stands up and begins to, in the midst of the disciples, the number of them being 120 and saying, we just stayed here. There, there, there were more there at the beginning. What, 500? Verse 15 is where I'm at now. Now there's just 120. Because these are the ones that the glory of God, well, I'm verse 15. Thank you. These are the ones... That just stayed with it. They just continued. There were others that tried it. There were others that kind of put their toe in the water and said, let me try this this God thing, this Jesus thing. There, There are others that just kind of say, well, let's see what this promise is all about. But they didn't stick there long enough to really see what God was about to do in their lives. You know, sometimes God's just trying to figure out, are you going to be faithful in this thing? See, preparation... Before we get to Acts chapter 2 and we get to talk about the infilling of the Holy Ghost, we've got to realize we've got to prepare ourselves to get there. You know, brother, um, oh, help me out, daddy. Um, um, Their family was in Yugoslavia for years and years and years. Bossa. Well, the boss, it was a missionary there, but actually his family is from there. And I believe it was his father, mom, if, you, if I remember correctly, that was trying to get the Holy Ghost and couldn't get it. He was just praying and praying and praying and hadn't received the Holy Ghost yet. And, and, and someone pointed out that they went to the upper room for 10 days. And he was so determined to be filled with the Holy Ghost, just like they did in the book of Acts, that he went and locked himself in a room. And just kept praying. And on the 10th day, he came out of that room speaking in other tongues. Now, I don't think that you have to do that. As a matter of fact, I believe you can walk up here and be filled with the Holy Ghost. But God knows your spirit. Are you willing to be faithful until the miracle comes? Are you willing to be faithful? That's what happened with 120. They were faithful. They just continued. I know people are leaving. I know people are walking out. I know people are tired of this ministry. But something inside of me says, if I'll just stick with it. God's got something for me. That's why we find in Matthew 25, 21, the Lord said unto him, well done, thou good and faithful servant. He's looking for someone that will be faithful. Luke 16 and 10, he that is faithful in that which is least 
is faithful also in much. He that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. Otherwise, how you live your life is just how you live your life. And and if if you can't just get the simple things going, if you can't, now I'm going to prod you a little bit. It's my job, provoke you to good works. If you can't come to church in little things when everybody's worshiping and you can't manage to get your hand up, If you can't manage to worship God when we are all here worshiping God together and faithful in that which is little, just able to worship God with when everyone, what's the chances of you being in a situation at your work and everything is breaking loose and you're going to step up there and all of a sudden now you're going to be this amazing uh, uh, standard for God. I'm here to tell you it's not going to happen. You're going to be weak and spineless. Yes, you will be. You'll be weak and spineless. If you can't worship God with your brothers and sisters, you're not going to be able to serve Him out there. So every opportunity you get, when the people of God begin to worship, you need to say, here I am, God. I'm going to be faithful in that which is little so I can get to that which is much. If therefore ye are... You have not been faithful in the unrighteousness, unrighteous mammon. Who's going to commit to your trust, true riches? He's saying uh, unrighteous mammon. What he's speaking of here is if you can't just be faithful in life. I'm just, just going to pastor for a second. If you can't provide for your family. I'm not talking about hard times. I'm not talking about things that happen. I'm talking about an attitude that you're just going to sit and let everyone else take care of you. He's saying if just with the everyday stuff, the unrighteous mammon, the unrighteous uh, uh, things of life, if you're not willing to get in and roll up your sleeves and dig, he said, how, how in the world can I trust you with the spiritual things? How can I trust you with true riches? Talking about the spirit of God and the goodness of God. I can't trust you. So God is watching us. And whether we feel like we're in the spirit or not, whenever someone, we were given an opportunity to obey the word of God. I don't know why I'm on worship right now. This is a worshiping church, but let me just stay here for a second. If we're given an opportunity uh, while everybody's clapping to obey the word that says, oh, clap your, don't do it right now. Oh, clap, I know I saw everyone's hand go, Uh, oh, clap your hands, all ye people, and shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Uh, While everybody's doing it, if you can't obey these scriptures, God's saying, listen, I can't give you the depths you're looking for because we're sitting there going, boy, if it gets deep, then I'll praise him. It's too shallow. For me to praise him right now. Just just not right, quite quite up to it. it. It's just, I mean, it's just a little higher. God's saying, I, I can't get you to the deep. You know why? Because the deep calls to the deep. It's somebody that's willing to roll up their sleeves and dig into the things of God. That God can now begin to say, let me draw you deeper. Let me show you a little bit more. What God is looking for is faithfulness. God's looking for somebody, whether it's big or small. I'm just going to be there. I'm just going to be worshiping. I'm just going to be praying. I'll be in the prayer room during the 24-hour prayer, whether anyone else is there or not. Oh, man. You know, I I feel like I am digging, but let's just pray a moment. Lord Jesus, help us right now. He goes on. He's really just jabbing here, man. He don't stop. People say, well, pastor, you're jabbing. He jabbed. Verse number 12. He said, and if ye are, ye have not been faithful in that which is another man's, how is it you're going to get your own stuff? Well, see, if I have my own ministry, 
If I, if I have my own thing, boy, whew, I, put, I put time in it. Why don't you just be faithful to the choir? Well, if I, if I can just, you know, I feel like I'm called overseas. Why don't you just be faithful in Bible studies? Well, see, it's not my, my thing. And God's saying, it, it's never going to be your thing. I'm not going to give you your own if you can't do anything with somebody else that's already in the flow. What he's looking for is someone that is faithful. That says it's a good day, a bad day. I'm just going to stay there. This is a big thing I can do. This is a small thing. Doesn't matter. I'm going to be faithful. This is going to be a lot of work. This is going to be a little bit of work. It doesn't matter. And so what God is looking for are those that will continue in prayer. Continue in steadfastness. Continue in the things of God. God is looking for somebody that will just stick with it. God's looking for faithfulness. So first we find that God is looking for someone that will be obedient. But second we find want somebody that's continued in that obedience. It's one thing to do something. It's completely different to stick with it. It's one thing to have a, a spark. It's another thing just to stay with it. My hand's actually hurting from today. Just doing that hurt a little bit. (laughs) Preparation. Preparing ourselves for the things of God. Next week or the week after, I'm going to get to Acts chapter 2. And I'm sure we'll have a good time talking about the Holy Ghost coming. But I believe as a church and where we want to go as a church, we need to make sure we have these things. We need to have that obedience, that, that faithfulness in our lives. But another thing that I see here is you got to let... The word heals some wounds. Your preparation for the things of God. You need to let the word come in and heal some wounds. Because we need to understand that these men were hurt from what a brother had said and done. Next verse. We ended at verse 15. Let's go now to verse 16. Acts chapter 1 verse 16. Said, men and brethren, the scriptures must needs be fulfilled, which the Holy Ghost gave by the mouth of David, spake, uh, spake before concerning Judas. Judas. And then he begins to put down these things that I, I can just see it, it, it prodding them. Judas, which was guide to them that took Jesus. He's the one that guided them in there. When we were with Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, He was the guide to them. He's the one that brought them in to us. I can see that hurt Him. Verse 17, For He was numbered with us. This is someone that was with us. This is someone that walked with Jesus the way we walked with Jesus. He was numbered with us and had obtained part of this ministry. He guided them into Jesus. Even though he was numbered with us. And had obtained part of this ministry. But now. This man purchased a field. With the rewards of his iniquity. He's fell held headlong. Burst asunder in the midst. His bowels gushed out. Verse 19 says. Now this is called. The field of blood. And Acts 1 20 it says as it is written in the book of psalms let his inhabitation be desolate and let no man dwell therein and let his bishopric let another take his position his authority let another take you see they were hurting by things that a brother had done but in order for them to be prepared enough to move where god wanted they needed to let some wounds heal And the way they did it was they began to look into the word of God and say, see, it hurt me when he did this. When he came in the night, it hurt me. When the one that had walked beside us was now standing on the other side, it hurt me. 
when he used to be part of this ministry but now he's taking our savior from us it hurt me but I don't know what to do with that so the only thing I can do is begin to dig in the word and as I dig in the word I don't like it but I find direction from the word things don't always turn out the way you think they should people disappoint you you disappoint yourself I have disappointment comes what are we going to do what do you do when life gets bloody and nasty talking about our bowels gushing out someone that I love someone that walked with me they betrayed me but I didn't want that to happen what's going on but yet even in all those even the tough things of the word of God regardless of what's going on You've got to let it begin to direct your path so you can move on. See, you can't be prepared for the things of God as long as you're letting the things that have happened just hang out in your life. What that person said, what that person done, how they treated you. Was it right? I don't know. I wasn't a part of it, but probably not. Should they have said it? I'm guessing not. But you can't just stay back there. So they're trying to get to the day of Pentecost. They're trying to get where they can be transformed by a spirit. But part of that process was let's get in the word and get an answer for these things that are bothering us. I need an answer. This thing ain't, ain't, ain't sitting well with me. I need an answer. And the best answer you can find is right here in the word of God. The best thing you can find if you're hurting, don't stay where you are. Get in the word and let it direct your path you can't stay where you are the word comes in and sometimes it's like a surgeon's knife it's quick it's powerful sharper than a two-edged sword piercing the dividing of sunder of soul and spirit to the joints and the mar is a discerner of the thought and the intent it's able to get in between the thought and the intent the word of God The Bible also says the word of God is like a hammer. It begins to break things off that don't need to be there. See, the word of God is exactly what you need. But when you're hurting and you're looking for answers elsewhere, they could have got there and had a big meeting about Judas. Their whole focus, can you believe that happened? Who was watching him that night? How did he get out of that room without us knowing about it? I thought he was with us praying. What's going on? They could have spent all their time in a group think section uh, trying to figure out what are we going to do about this. Uh, but Peter, somehow, uh, I don't know if he reached back in his mind and grabbed it. Uh, I don't know if he had a scroll right there to unroll. Uh, but he looked at it, uh, and it wasn't nice. Uh, it wasn't planted. Uh, he was talking about uh, someone buying a field of blood and, and, and finding somebody that, that is burst into with, with this iniquity. Uh, it wasn't a pleasant scripture, uh, but it gave him direction. Uh, for his life I'm trying to tell you that in order to be prepared you've got to move on and there will be things in this book that are not comfortable but if you get in this book it's going to help you move on we get we get upset well God they, they were with us they worshipped with us they prayed with us I can see Samuel saying, but God, you told me to anoint him. I anointed him because you told me to. You're the one that said that I needed to anoint Saul to be king. Now he's all messed up. What am I going to do? And the Lord just finally looks at Samuel in 1 Samuel 16 and 1. 1 Samuel 16 and 1, he begins to say, How long wilt thou mourn for Saul? Seeing he has rejected me from reigning, been rejected, I've rejected him from reigning over Israel. Fill thine horn with oil and go. I'm going to send you to Jesse, the Bethlehemite, for I have provided me a king among his sons. Otherwise, you've got to move on. Well, I want want the day of Pentecost. He said, but but you're going to have to move on. You can't keep staying there saying there's only 11 of us. 
You know, we were 12, like the 12 tribes of Israel. We had this thing going, this 12-12 thing. I mean, we, we, we messed up. Now it's just, it's just over. No, we, we've got to move on. He said, look, at, listen, you, you can't keep looking back at Judas. And he had to find it in the Word. I, I've got to move beyond this point because the Word lets me know. The Spirit said to, to, to the prophet, how long are you going to cry about this? How long are you going to mourn? How long are you going to let this dictate your every thought and your every movement? How long are you going to stay there? You, What you need is a fresh anointing. He said, go get your oil, your, your horn, and fill it up with oil. That's the problem. He he let his oil go dry. He was walking around with something that looked like a horn of oil. But God said, it's not full anymore. You need to get it filled up again and go. I've got what you need, but you can't stay where you are. Church, God's got what we need, but we can't stay where we are. Come on, saint of God, you can't keep thinking about what happened and how did this happen and why did this happen in my family. You've got to move on. Oh, lift your hands and pray for a moment. Jesus, Jesus. Go ahead, just talk to the Lord just for a moment. Come on, I'm not going to get in the choir because there was a church I was in a long time ago. I got hurt. I'm not going to get involved with Sunday school because something bothered me back then and I just can't do it. I I don't want to get involved with worship because what if people make fun of me? I I don't know what's in your past, uh, but you can't live there. Uh, In order for us to go forward, uh, we've got to let it go. Uh, Let the Word get in your spirit. Uh, Let the Word begin to transform your thoughts. Jesus. You got to move on. You can't dwell there. That's what he ended by saying the Psalms. Let his inhabitation be desolate. Don't, don't, don't let anyone try to take up that banner. Let no man dwell therein. Let his bishopric or his position of authority. Let another take. Don't, don't stay there. Don't just hang out there. You got to make the move. And that leads us into that next point of preparation, which is inclusion. Inclusion. Now we're in verse 21. Wherefore, these men which had accompanied with us all the time that the Lord Jesus went out, uh, went in and out among us. So there's some people that's just been here and they've been faithful. They've always been here. You know, there's a reason why they were talking about these men and not other men. And there are times that, I, I, I'm just kind of talking here tonight, but there are times that you're, you're saying, I want to be involved with the ministry and I want to be in this and I want to be in that. But you haven't been faithful long enough for anyone to know where you are. The Bible says to know them that labor among you. You haven't been around. He was saying, these people have been here. These people have been faithful, but yet they hadn't stepped into a position. They haven't stepped into what God has for them as of yet. He said, they've been here since the baptism of John. These people have been here a long time going down into verse 24 and they prayed and said oh Lord thou knowest the heart of men show us whether these two shall uh, we shall choose that he may take part of this ministry apostleship that he may take part of this ministry it's the will of God for us if we're going to get to Acts chapter 2 Where the glory of God comes down and the power of God. I've got to be able to obey him whenever he says go here. And then I've got to be faithful with that. And then I've got to let those old wounds be healed. But I can't stop there. I've got to say, listen, we need each other. And if we're going to do this way, God wants it. Let's include some people in on this thing. I don't know the best way to do it, they're saying to themselves. But we're going to figure out something because 
because we're not dividing. We're trying to include in this thing. We want someone to be a part of this ministry. And I want you to hear from your pastor tonight. You need to be a part of this ministry. I want you to find your place in this ministry. It's not the will of God for you just to come and sit on a pew. It's the will of God for you to find your place. Everyone finds their place. Helping find the place in the body of Christ. Ephesians 4.16 talks about when we all come together, every joint is supplied. And it's talking about it all gets its nourishment when we're all together in this thing. I was talking with Brother Ryan the other day. His, his business, they're doing a thing where they're um, feeding a, a lot of people. And it's wonderful, I think. Anyone that does that and helps is, is just absolutely wonderful. But in the process of this, he was down in Mexico. And I can't remember. Thus far, it's been like, what, 4 million people or something? It's 4 million people that they have fed through that company. I think that's great. But in this, because he's a part of it, he's, he's learning things. And he, he said, you know, the people that, that they die... Uh, of of starvation it's not because they don't have food he said it's because there's no nourishment in the food they're filling themselves maybe with rice or they're filling themselves and they they may even have a a belly full of food but yet they're starving because there's no nourishment it's possible for you just to fill yourself with so much stuff but you don't get nourishment you're not getting the nourishment. And what I see here in the scripture is that every joint supplies and that whole context is talking about we need each other because we nourish each other. It's possible for you to come even to church and you to hear the word and leave and not really, really get what you need because you don't connect with a brother or a sister and you don't find your place every joint supplies where the nourishment is coming. You need more than just a fat belly. You need what your brother can give you and your brother needs what you each other that nourishment that nourishment just stand with me for now it's time for someone to step up and step in and say I gotta find my place I need to find where I can be effective I'm praying at the altars I gotta get there and pray with them why because we need each other Brother Ryan, I need you and you need me. Brother Bruce, I need you and you need me. Because there's nourishment that comes in the body of Christ. Brother Daniel and Sister Lacey, they are at the end of this month being installed as the campus pastor in Denellen. And I'm thankful. We're not building new tents. We're widening this tent. That's what that's going on there. But the Trace and Sister Liz, they're going over to assist them over there. And there's others that have already been there so long and so faithful. But all of a sudden, someone's got to step up. Someone's got to move into this place. There's other things that, that have been here, but they're not here anymore. We don't have anyone right now faithfully going to jails and ministering to people. There, there, there are holes that the nourishment can't flow the way it needs to because it's disjointed here and disjointed there and it ain't able to get what it needs. But if we're going to get to Acts 2 where the glory of God, we need to prepare some things. God... If I see it in your word, I'm going to obey it. And I'm not just going to obey it once. I'm going to continue in it. I'm going to be faithful. And the wounds that I've dealt with in the past, I'm not going to let them affect my next step. And I'm going to begin to include anyone. I need you. Listen, you know, do you know where we are in this church right now? 
about what the people involved is able to do. Where we are in this church right now is basically where the people that are involved, what they're able to do. And we can shout about we're going to another level. But while you're shouting about going to another level and not finding your place in the body, we just are full of promises. But the nourishment isn't there. We're not joined together. This is your pastor saying, get off the sidelines. Oh, I want, the, I want the revival that they had in the book of Acts. Great. Get off the sidelines. Find your place in the body of Christ. Teach a Bible study. Give someone a ride to church. Start a bus ministry. I don't care what you do, but find something to say. Let me plug in and let the kingdom prosper because my hand is involved. Well, Ryan, we had a good conversation the other day. He said when he walked in these places where they're feeding these people, he said they have dream boards. And on their dream boards, he has seen build, or dream boards that have Lamborghinis on it. That's what I want. This big house, that's what I want. He said, but when you walk in there, they've taught them to do dream boards. On their dream boards are blankets, bed, coat. It's different. What should be in a Christian's dream board? I want to I want to reach this person. What well, what should be on your dream board? I want to learn to play an instrument so I can help out in the kingdom of God. I'm willing to, I want want to be blessed, not so I can get a new house. I want to be blessed so I can help build a church in another city and see what God, what's on your spiritual dream board? Where is it? It's different no matter where you are. The rich one says, let me get a Lamborghini. The poor one says, let me just get a blanket. But the Christian says, let me win a soul for the kingdom of God. That's what I'm dreaming about. That's what I'm hungry for. There are people that are hurting that only you can reach. Are you willing to be obedient to the call of God? Are you willing to be faithful to the things of God? Are you willing to let those old wounds be healed? And are you willing to say, I want to include and I want to be included into everything I can for the kingdom of God? Jesus. 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 I invite the body of Christ to come and pray right now. I invite the body of Christ to come and take some time and talk to the Lord. I don't know what your dreams are made of. I pray that you get a passion for the things of God here today. I pray that you begin to think, Lord Jesus, what can I do in your kingdom? The Lord's been putting it in your heart. The Lord's been putting it in your heart to do something. You keep putting it off. Why don't you obey the commandments of the Lord today? 
you've gotten excited about something and you've done it for a little bit, but why don't you prepare with some faithfulness today? I'm going to stay with it, God. I'm going to climb back on the horse. I'm going to ride it again. I'm going to get back up. I'm not going to lay here, Lord. God, I've been hurt. I've been wounded. I was involved in ministry, but it didn't go well. God, I need your help. I need your direction, God. I need you to heal me. Let your word reveal what it is I need to change and do. In the name of the Lord Jesus. That's it all over this place. Let those tears flow down your face as you begin to get a hold of the purpose of God once again. Come on, it's big shoes that you may have to fill. I'm still dreaming of the day I can fill my daddy's shoes. I don't think it's ever going to happen, but I've got to further the kingdom of God. I can't just sit where I am. I, I have to grow. I have to do. I have to accomplish. I can't stay where I am. Oh, God. Jesus. I invite you not to be looking around right now. Close your eyes. Forget about who's around you. Let those tears flow down your face. God's not finished working with you. God's not finished using you in his kingdom. It may not happen overnight, but if you just keep reaching, God's got what he needs for you, Brother Thomas. God's got great things for you in his kingdom. Brother Randy Altry, God's got great things in his kingdom for you. God's going to use you mightily. What you're doing is not in vain. Oh, that's it. Those that are going to Denelan, it's not in vain. You're reaching, you're stretching the kingdom of God. You're lengthening the cord. You're strengthening the stakes. You're making room for more to get into the kingdom. Jesus. Jesus. Oh, I invite you, let your voice out and talk to him. Go ahead. Hallelujah, Jesus. Daniel, lay hands when you're done with Richie and Holly. Jesus, thank Jesus, thank Brother Donnie, go lay hands on Trace. Pray for him. Cover him. Jesus, thanks. Oh, Jesus. You can Take 
for somebody let the Holy Ghost lead you right now I feel just a healing in this place I feel some clarity coming to this, some people right now I feel the Lord is awakening some things in somebody right now you're not here by accident Take my hands, Lord. The kingdom. Touch my heart, Lord. Speak for me. Jesus. You can use anything, Lord. Oh, Jesus. Come on. Come on. You've got to be prepared if you're going to be filled. You've got to be willing to get through the preparation process. So you can get to the place where God fills and put fish in the ocean and fowl in the air. You've got to go ahead and get through the preparation process. Oh, this is wonderful. Oh, this is wonderful. The Holy Ghost is here. The Holy Ghost is touching. The Holy Ghost is lifting. That's it, Corey. God's got a work for you to do. TJ, God's got a work for you to do. Don't sell it short. Don't sell it short. Don't sell it short, Ross. Let the Holy Ghost do it. Take my hands. God's got a work for you, Sister Kathy. God's got a work for you to do. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. You can use anything, Lord. Oh, this is wonderful. I see people being led in the spirit to pray. I see people being led in the spirit to minister. Go ahead. Let the Holy Ghost lead this church. Let this church be sensitive to the moving of the Spirit, to the voice of the Spirit. You don't have to have a word. They just received a word. They just need someone to put their hand on their shoulder and say, Come on, brother. Come on, sister. Let's walk this, this, this journey together. Come on, there's some things in your life you need to get out. Repent today. Get it out of your spirit today. Jesus' name. Take my hands, Lord. Take my feet. Touch my heart. Speak through me. Oh, Jesus. If you can use anything, Lord, use me. You can use anything, Lord. That's wonderful. That's it. Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost. You can use anything, Lord. Oh, Jesus. Oh, God. Touch all those in this deaf ministry. Oh, God, let us reach them. I want to see miracles happen in their lives. Oh, I want to see the supernatural working. Oh, Jesus. Why don't one Sunday school teacher find another Sunday school teacher and begin to pray for him? Why don't one choir member find another choir member and begin to pray for him? One youth worker find another youth worker. Come on, that's it. Why don't one mama find another mama and pray for another daddy? Pray for another daddy. God strengthen my brother and my sister. 
Let them be prepared for the process. Let them be ready for what it is that you have for them. Come on, this feels good in the Holy Ghost tonight. God use Morgan. God use her in that school. God use her in that school, Lord. God use her, Lord. God, she's going to learn, get a great education. But Lord, use her mightily for your kingdom. Come on, that's it. Why don't one college kid find another college? Pray, God, help them, strengthen them, use them. Jesus. Come on, that's it. Why don't one school teacher find another school teacher and pray for him? God, strengthen him. Help him, Lord God, fulfill the commandments in your life. Help him to be faithful. Help him, God, to let those wounds heal and move on. Help him, Lord Jesus, to find their place in the body. To allow others to step in and even step ahead of them. Jesus.